Well, good morning and uh, welcome to City Church. It's great to have you with us today. Uh, my name's James. I'm one of the pastors here at City Church and I lead uh, the Cotton site and uh, I'm continuing our series uh, called City Vision, uh, where we are looking at some of the things that God has called us to uh, as a church, some of the things that we believe God has put in front of us uh, for us to go for, to pray for, uh, to work hard for, to seek him for. Uh, and so over the last few weeks, we've been thinking about some of those uh, things together. And uh, today I'm going to be talking about the missional church. Uh, and really it flows off what Stu and Livy Gibbs brought last Sunday. So if you missed that message, do go onto our YouTube channel to check that out. Uh, but we're going to be thinking today about uh, the missional church uh, and the reason why we're thinking about that is because often when we think about church or the church, mission isn't always the first thing that comes to our minds. Uh, we often think of uh, things like family or community. Uh, perhaps we think about it being a building that we would go to to sing some songs or to hear a sermon. Uh, but what I want uh, to show us and persuade you on is that actually the first thing that we should be thinking about when we talk about the church is mission. Uh, it, it, you know, when we look at what the Bible teaches about the church, that is certainly the case. Um, and so I want to show us that. And then uh, what I'm going to do is uh, towards the end, I'm going to give us five ways that we can become more intentional about uh, mission, both in our lives and in the life of this church that we are part of you know the vision that we have as a church we we've got a, a little strap line which is helping bristol believe and so in order for us to do that we need to take the mission of god seriously and so we're going to think about that uh today and i guess the the first thing to think about and the first thing to say is is that is to, to look at jesus that Jesus Christ came with a mission. Uh, Christ's mission on earth uh, was something of a rescue mission. God had created the world and everything in it. Uh, and what we read of in the Old Testament is that God's people and the rest of humanity rejected God and his ways and went their own way. And so it led to God sending his own son, Jesus Christ, into his own creation uh, on a rescue mission. And what we read about in the Gospels is, is that Jesus uh, lived a perfect life without sin. Uh, he was perfect. He was sinless. And then what we read is a huge plot twist. A plot twist in which instead of humanity receiving judgment and punishment and consequences for the sins of their own heart, God poured out his wrath and judgment and punishment on his own son at the cross. That Jesus at the cross took the punishment that we deserve for the sins that we have done and the darkness in our own hearts. Jesus received the punishment for that on the cross when he died. And Christ did die. He was buried in a grave uh, put in a tomb uh, and we read in the gospel accounts of Jesus' life and death uh, that everyone thought it was over. The disciples, his followers thought that was the end of the story. The Jewish leaders and Roman authorities 
thought that they had suppressed this movement, this Jesus movement. And yet, three days later, the stone is rolled away and the grave is empty. And the Son of God, Jesus Christ, as he had talked about many, many times, had defeated sin and death forever and rose to life. Begins appearing to firstly some women and then some dis- his disciples. And so Jesus at his resurrection defeated sin, death, evil forever. He triumphed over it. And so he's buried our sin into the ground forever, which has meant that for those that have put their trust in him, their faith in Jesus Christ's victory on the cross, that we can now have a reconciled, a restored relationship with God, that we now, in spite of the sin, we now have a way of coming to God with confidence, knowing that we are sons and daughters of God. We have been reconciled. Our sins have been forgiven. And, And in a nutshell, that is the gospel. That is what Christ's mission was. And so after Christ's Uh, resurrection the scriptures tell us that Jesus then ascended to heaven and and before he did that he appeared to his disciples his followers and essentially says to them it's now over to you it's over to you I will be with you I will empower you I am head of the church but it's it's over to you Uh, and what happened was uh, that mission began to gather momentum so we read about it in Acts chapter 2 the 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 very first kind of uh, public sermon about the mission of God Peter stands on a balcony and preaches to 3,000 people and they are cut to the heart with the gospel message the good news of Jesus and what Jesus came to do and they they kind of exclaim what must we do to be saved and Peter says well you need to believe you need to repent of your sins and you need to receive the Holy Spirit And so we see from that moment the gospel going out. And as that happened, people joined the missional community of the church. That's what happened. That As the mission of God went out, people joined not not just a community, but a missional community. And so as the mission of God went out, people joined the missional community so that the mission of God could could be advanced. And as that went forward, more the mission of God was uh, moved forward and more people joined the missional community and so the thing went. And so there was never really a conversation or a debate about what the church was. Is it more family or is it more mission? Is it more community or is it more mission? It was just inherent in all of them that as they crossed the line of faith, as they gave their lives to Jesus, that they weren't just joining a community, they were joining a missional community. And that did something for them. And you read about that in the book of Acts and you see that as people gave their lives to Jesus, that they understood that part and parcel of what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, was to be missional in their own lives. And so we're going to think about that. But, the, you know, the tra- because the tragic thing is, is that over the years, a shift has taken place a sinister shift has taken place in which mission and the church has been separated. And so we no longer think of mission when we talk about the church. We tend to think about many other things, as I've already talked about. And so what I want to do is just look at a short passage in John chapter 20, first of all, because what this passage reveals is something of who God is and what he's called the church to be. And it is as Jesus appears to his disciples for the first time after his 
resurrection. This is the ascended Christ and he is meeting with his disciples. And this is what he says in John chapter 20, starting in verse 19. It says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. And here's the key verse. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. What we see in these few verses is of critical importance when we're talking about the missional community of the church. Because what is revealed here is that at God's very heart, at the very heart of God, is the truth that he is a missional community. God is a a missional community. We know that God is a community and we often talk about that, that God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the three persons of the Trinity in community. But the thing is, is that he he is not a static community. God is a missional community community and we see that in these verses Uh, just look at what Jesus says uh, to his disciples in verse uh, 21 peace be with you as the father has sent me I am sending you and then he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit what do we see there well we see firstly that the three persons of the trinity are all at work Jesus is appeared to his disciples, the doors have been locked, they're shocked and surprised because they haven't seen him since he was crucified and yet he appears in this room, shows him his side uh, and, and the holes in his hands and feet to prove that it is him and the first thing he says is, as the Father has sent me, so he's pointing to the Father as the Son of God, pointing to the Father, saying, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you and then he says, receive the Holy Spirit. We see the three persons of the Trinity at work, this missional community at work, all working together, collectively sending one another and then sending the church out. We see that God is both sent in the person of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. God is both sent and sending. Jesus was sent And then he comes to his disciples and he sends them out. So I am sending you, he says. Which is exactly what the church is to be about. Because the church is to follow Christ's example. Jesus is head of the church and we follow his example. And so therefore, what can be said of God can be said of us in the sense of we are also a sent and sending people because God is a sent and sending God. And when we understand something of that, that Jesus' first teaching before he ascended to heaven is, I am sending you, that has critical importance for us as the church. It means that we are to be a missional community, a community that looks beyond themselves to win people to Jesus. And we see that the early disciples, the early church, really got hold of this. When when you read through the book of Acts, for instance, which is the accounts of the missional community of the church going beyond Jerusalem to the ends of the earth, uh, we see it firstly in Jerusalem where 
the, the church in Jerusalem is accused of filling the city with the gospel. I mean, what an amazing thing to be accused of. Accused of filling the city with the gospel. We read of other accounts in Acts chapter 8 of the, the finance director of Ethiopia becoming a Christian. So people of power and influence getting saved and joining the missional community of the church. We, we read of the church in Antioch in Acts chapter 11 in which such was the, the influence and effectiveness of disciples and the church in that city that they were labelled by other people they were given the nickname Christians, Little Christ. Such was the impact that they were having that it couldn't be ignored. And in cities like Iconium, Paul and Barnabas rock up and they, they teach in the synagogues about the gospel of Jesus Christ and they are thrown out of the city uh, because of what they were teaching. These disciples, these early followers of Jesus, the early church, were not static but they looked beyond themselves. They were a missional community. And it's because they understood something of who God is at his heart, that God is a sent and sending God. And Jesus was sending the disciples out with a mission. And so that is what we've also been called to. We follow that line. We, we follow that legacy, that heritage that has been built in. And part of what God has called us to is to recover something of the mission of the church. Because when you look around, it's, it's devastating to see, isn't it? Churches dwindling, denominations dying. And a large part of that, there's multiple reasons why that might happen. But part of that is because the mission of God has been lost in the local church. That we've got comfortable, we, we get to a certain size and we... We just begin to self-preserve. We forget that there are hundreds of thousands of people in our city who've never heard the good news of Jesus. And that's what we're here to do. And so the question is, well, how? How, how do we do that? How do we become the missional community that God had always intended it to be? How do we in our own lives become more missional uh, and so uh, we're going to just flip to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 uh, in which Paul the apostle Paul the same Paul that got thrown out of the city for preaching the gospel in which uh, Paul is uh, writing to a church in Corinth this time and he is encouraging and exhorting them to be missional in their lives uh, and Paul who who knew what it was like to live in, in a culture and an environment that was set against God, that rejected the ways of God. He knew what it was like. And he's writing to a church in a city not too dissimilar uh, to, to Bristol. And here is what he says to them in 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 6. He says, From now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins 
against them. He's, he's basically explained the gospel to them. And then he says this, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So he's given us this message of reconciliation. He's committed to it. Here's the message. And then Paul says in verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. I don't know about you, but I find those verses deeply encouraging because what Paul is saying is, is that Well, you've experienced the gospel yourself and now God has committed the message of reconciliation, of restored relationship between God and humanity. He's given you that message, not so that you would keep it to yourselves, but so that you would become Christ's ambassadors to the world. And uh, I don't know about you, but you must, if you're anything like me, you're thinking, "Well, well, how do we do that? How do I become Christ's ambassador to the world and Paul is very clear about how that works because he says in verse 20 as though God were making his appeal through us I mean that is huge that what Paul is saying is is that whenever you open your mouth and attempt to share the gospel or something of Jesus, whenever you open your mouth, whenever you do something for someone uh, and it's motivated by the gospel, it's like God is making his appeal through you. That it's almost irrelevant how well put together your gospel presentation is. In fact, what Paul is really saying is no matter how rambly, nervous, twitchy, anxious, red-faced, blushing attempts, no matter what, how it looks or how it sounds, God is making his appeal through you. I find that hugely encouraging because I can think back to multiple times where I've walked away and thought, oh, I feel like I've missed a trick there. I didn't quite explain it in the way that I wanted to. And Paul says, no, no, Christ has made his appeal through you. It's a little bit like what Stu Gibbs was saying last Sunday. We're called to plant seeds in people's hearts and lives and then we go to bed and God does the work. So just uh, a week ago uh, on a Saturday morning um, I uh, went to the Avon Mouth Recycling Centre to drop some stuff off at the tip and I needed to pick up some gravel uh, from Bradford's Building Supplies. Other supplies are available. Um, And uh, I went to pick up the gravel and uh, the person that was serving me was a man called Doug and uh, we were... uh, lifting bags of gravel into the into my car and I noticed that Doug was really struggling to lift uh, things up and I just said Doug don't worry about it I'll do it is are you injured have you got something wrong with your back at the moment and he said yeah do you know what as a matter of fact I've uh, I've got sciatica in my back from the last few weeks health and safety at the company are, are concerned for me but because I've been working for 25 years they've let me kind of stay on for a bit uh, and haven't laid me off and uh and um, I said, Doug, I'm a Christian. Uh, would you mind if I pray for you? And he said, oh, I don't want to offend you, but I don't believe in that stuff. And I said, that's totally fine, Doug. I just believe that Jesus loves you and wants to heal you. I believe that he can. Uh, so if you don't mind, I'm going to pray for you. He said, yeah, go for it. So I just put my hand on his shoulder and I just said a very simple prayer. I said, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love Doug. And I pray, would you heal his back in Jesus' name? Amen. And uh, 
Doug was very polite, he said thank you, and uh, he was holding the invoice for my gravel, and he, and he said, and he, he said, is that your number at the top of the page? And I said, yeah, yeah, of course it is, yeah. And he said, um, if anything changes, I'm gonna call you and message you. And I said, great, you, I would love to hear from you. Uh, now that was a week ago, and I haven't heard from Doug yet, but every day this week, I've been praying, Lord, would the seed that is being planted in his heart come to fruition? Lord, would you make your appeal through me in that moment, would I hear something from Doug? Now I haven't heard from him yet, and so maybe if I don't hear him, hear from him next week, I'm gonna go and buy some more uh, gravel. Uh, but I'm praying that God would make his appeal through me into Doug's life. And so what I wanna just think about is, now just, just some very basic, simple, practical ideas of how we can put this into practice, how we can become more missional as individuals and as a community so that we would be the missional church that God always intended. So here, is, here are five things. Uh, and the first one is a mindset shift. A mindset shift so that we would think of ourselves as missionaries first. That I am a missionary, that, that God has placed me here in this city for however long, uh, and that I'm an, a missionary, I am Christ's ambassador here. So whether you are a student and you're in halls of residence or you work in a hospital and you're on the ward or in a classroom or at a company or firm or you're home with the kids and you're living, you're getting to know neighbours, wherever you are, whether you're, you're drinking coffee in a coffee shop, filling your car with petrol, uh, walking around uh, the city centre, whatever it is, you are a missionary for Jesus, first and foremost. And it takes a bit of a mindset shift, doesn't it, to think in those terms. Uh, but when we begin to think about that and realise that God has placed us to be part of his mission on the earth, what we start to do is, well, number two, we start to pray for opportunities. And that's the second thing. We, we pray for opportunities. We start to pray, Lord, would you bring people into my life that I can share the message of Jesus with? And it's, it's amazing I mean, it's an obvious thing, but it's amazing what happens when you begin to pray for those things because God is so committed to his own mission that he does begin to bring people into your lives. Uh, so during COVID, uh, I, I just found that a really difficult time uh, to share my faith with people because of the reality of what we were all doing, locked up in our homes, not being able to get out much. Um, but I just began to pray, Lord, on those daily walks that we were able to have, Lord, would you just give me opportunities to share my faith with people? And so uh, I was walking around Hawfield Common with Maddie, uh, my eldest daughter, and uh, we got chatting to uh, a dad and his two kids by one of the ponds there. And uh, it turned out that he had recently moved to Bristol a few weeks ago. And uh, it sounded like their family had gone through a really tough time and so uh, he had his kids for a certain number of days in the week and we just got chatting and uh, he asked me, did I know of any baby groups or toddler groups that are happening uh, in the week that he could take his children along to? And I said, do you know what, as a matter of fact, I'm part of a local church and on a Wednesday morning, uh, we do have a toddler group called Little Elms that meets at the Elm Grove Centre every Wednesday. You would be really welcome to go along. And... 
Uh, my friend Ben and his two kids have been going pretty much every week for the last year and a half. Um, and I don't really know where the end is of that story, but I know that something of a seed has been planted where every week he's hearing something of the gospel message and he's meeting other people from church. And so that's what happens when we pray for opportunities. We start to recognise that God is putting people into our lives that we might sow a seed. So pray for opportunities. Uh, Number three is just doing things together. So hopefully you have some friends here at church and uh, whether that's in a connect group or some other opportunity, whether you meet with people and hang out with people, why don't you begin to ask the question, how do we, as God's missionaries, how do we invite people along and do mission alongside one another? So perhaps in your connect group, you could ask the question is, what is something that we could do together where we could invite our friends along to? Uh, You know, there's various Easter activities happening, Easter egg hunts, all sorts of things. You could think about as a connect group, how can we get involved in that? How can we serve that? How can we serve the mission of God in that? Or maybe taking a longer term view and the carol services are coming up and uh, you could think about as a group or a group of friends, how can we do mission together? So doing things together. Uh, The fourth thing is develop a pattern or a routine that gets you out of the house uh, and outside of the church. Building relationships beyond just the church is so important when it comes to the mission of God. So you might want to join a sports club. Uh, There was a time where I joined a tennis club and got to know some people in the local community through playing tennis. Uh, Just before Christmas, uh, uh, some friends from church have started a tag rugby team um, called the Wombats and um, uh, I, they, they generously allowed me to join the team for a term and it was brilliant fun to get to know some different people and then some of the guys from church invited the whole team to our carol services that have just been and it was just so fun to see them all there and so when we do things like that when we develop a pattern or a routine that gets us into those environments it's a great opportunity to sow the seed of the gospel maybe it's maybe you're not really into sport but you you go to the same you're going to go to the same cafe every week or you go and get your hair cut at the same place just to v- develop uh, uh, those relationships uh, with people maybe you go to the gym at the same time so that you bump into the same people each time just things like that you can be intentional about getting out of the house meeting people outside of the church in order that you might be able to sow seeds of the gospel. So develop a pattern, be intentional. And the fifth thing is invite people to church. It's an obvious thing, but you're going anyway. <laughs> and so you can uh, you can invite people along with you. And I know that there can be a bit of reservation about, you know, what's going to happen, uh, how what are they going to make of it. But actually, if you ask people and say, hey, you know, I'm part of a local church, I'd love for you to come and see what you make of it. I think people would be interested and it's a non-pushy way of doing it and then you can have a genuine conversation, you can be genuinely interested in what they make of it and what their observations are and it's a great way to invite people or some of the events that are happening uh, over the next few weeks, why don't you invite some people along and see what they make of it. So those are just five practical things that I've begun to do and have journeyed through a little bit and I would just encourage you 
to do that because as we do those things and as we take on the mind of a missionary, what begins to happen is we begin to hear stories within our missional community of God at work. And we recognise that God is working in us and through us right across this city. Wouldn't it be great that we would hear story after story after story of seeds being sown? That's what we want to hear stories of. Many of those stories we won't ever know the outcome of. Uh, But there are opportunities if we pray for them and we become more intentional about them. And so... Really, I just want to end with that encouragement that right at the centre of God and his church is mission. That we are called to be a missional community, calling people not just into a community like it's just some other society, but into a missional community that is on an adventure. On an adventure to extend and expand God's kingdom here in Bristol And so as each of us engages with the people that we rub shoulders with, uh, I'm confident that we are going to see people cross the line of faith, not to build up numbers, but because what we believe is that we have good news to share. And doesn't our world and our city need the good news of Jesus? Uh, And so I'm just going to pray for us as we close. Uh, Lord Jesus, We thank you that you came, that you were and are a missional God and that you came into our lives and you rescued us from our own sin and placed us in this missional community that is the church. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, just as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 6, that we wouldn't receive God's grace in vain. We wouldn't keep it to ourselves, but, Lord, that we would see the people that you've put into our lives Uh, as an opportunity to share this good news with others. Lord, I want to pray for our church, our missional community that we're part of. Lord, I pray, would we hear many, many stories of seeds being sown and people crossing the line of faith. Lord, I want to pray that our baptism pools would be full of people giving their lives to Jesus so that this city would be impacted by the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.